Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. Um, I'm Elena. And I'm Zoe. And I'm Savannah. Um, and today we'll be discussing the ins and outs of incarcerated black mothers. Everything from the clear disadvantages and discrimination they receive during their sentence um, and how this affects their life post-incarceration. Um, I would like to start off by referencing a 2012 study performed by UCLA. Uh, in this study, they found that between 1986 and 1991, that there was an 828% increase of black women behind bars, mostly for drug offenses. To compare, I found a study done by the Sentencing Project from 2019 that found that between 1980 and 2017, the number of women incarcerated increased by more than 750%. Yet the study also found that between 2000 and 2017, that the incarceration of black women decreased by 55%. Although it seems that the number of black women being incarcerated seems to be decreasing, the rate at which each race is being imprisoned is a stark difference. The imprisonment rate for African-American women in 2017 was the 92 women per 100,000 women, whereas the imprisonment rate for white women was 49 women per 100,000 women. Even though the incarceration rate of black women seems to be decreasing, the number of incarcerated African-American women is higher than that of the incarcerated white women. That's right, Elena. That study done by the Sentencing Project also showed the rate of imprisonment of women in the U.S. varies greatly from state to state. Oklahoma has the highest number of incarcerated women sitting at a whopping 157 per 100,000. Massachusetts is the lowest at 9 per 100,000. According to the Wall Street Journal, the high rate of incarcerations of women in Oklahoma is due to the strict sentencing laws for nonviolent crimes and lack of investment into rehabilitation rather than reduction programs. Referring back now to the study done by the Sentencing Project, in 2017, there were more women than men in prison for property and drug offenses, while their male counterparts outnumbered them in violent and public order crimes. Zoe, would you like to tell us a little bit more about the difference in charges men and women receive? Yes, there are many studies that prove how in terms of incarceration pertaining to gender, women are actually much more likely than men to be convicted of crimes that aren't considered serious offenses. Despite 85% of incarceration be being made up by men, women make up a higher proportion of people admitted into the prison system for misdemeanor offenses. On top of that, higher percentages of women are incarcerated for committing the same crimes as men. It's roughly a 12% difference between men and women and that of drug offense in regards to likelihood of incarceration. This number has actually doubled since 2017, meaning that the emission of females over males in terms of likelihood is currently rising. The same goes for convictions involving property crime, even though men and women are doing the same things or breaking the same, if not similar laws, women are convicted of these acts far more often than men are. Along with the differences that pertain to gender, the effects differ as well. These experiences and problems that women have to face are ones that men don't really have to worry about at all. 
Aliner, could you go into more detail about how women and the people in their lives are dealing with incarceration and the problems that are still being faced outside of prison? I'm so glad you asked, Zoe. Besides the everyday worrying I imagine Black mothers go through, they have to think first where they are going to get the care for their child while they are imprisoned. Uh, most often in these cases, their options are limited. Using the Sentencing Project article from earlier, I found that more than 60% of women in state prisons have a child under the age of 18. Therefore, that 60% has to find an alternate way to provide care for their children because the law, by law, their children cannot take care of themselves. This means that these mothers are having to find alternate ways to care for their child. Thinking in the case of black, black mothers specifically, if there's not a man in the house, that causes the mother even more stress because then she does not have someone already living with the children who is able to take care of them and is already familiar with them. According to the Institute of Women's Policy Research's status of black women in the United States, 40% of black women will experience domestic violence in their lifetime. Therefore, they might worry that if there is a father figure in the household, that he might harm the children. Foster care is painfully another option for these mothers. I cannot imagine the fear that a mother, especially of color, would have towards putting your child basically up for adoption. There is so much room for abuse and mistreatment in the foster care system that it is most likely a last resort system. They could also end up placing their child in a shelter or group home. Depending on the age, black mothers sometimes also resort to putting their children out on the street because they cannot afford any other means. This can lead to the children creating bad habits and have them be put on the police's radar even more than they already are. Oftentimes, these mothers are their children's primary caretaker, and without them, these children struggle because they are without an adult figure in their life. So as we can see, this system is incredibly problematic. Problematic to say the least, Elena. I found a personal story written by the Journal of Pan-African Studies about a woman named Regina. Regina's story takes place in her in Texas, where the crackdown on drug enforcement has really targeted black mothers. Regina became a mother at 13, and in 2000, she was a 24-year-old single mother of four young daughters living in a housing project in rural East Texas. Regina worked as a waitress, but was also on government assistance in order to help feed her family. A drug sweep took place in the housing project Regina and her daughters lived in that resulted in more than 28 of the primarily Black residents to be arrested and charged with selling cocaine. Regina was one of these residents who was handcuffed, arrested, and jailed for a felony charge that carried a potential sentence of 20 years. Regina had a record of drug arrests, and there were no drugs on or near her when she was taken into custody. However, the police who made the arrests labeled her as an informant, and due to Texas law at the time, that was enough to indict her on the felony charge. Luckily, Regina's case was dropped, and she was allowed to return home to her children. But just based on this story, you can imagine how many black mothers are labeled as criminals and don't get to have their cases dropped. Imagine how many black mothers are charged, found guilty, and haven't been able to return to their children for years. 
Regina's story is one of the many personal testimonies of Black mothers that have been wrongfully labeled, placed into the system, and faced with losing their children every year. It's really crazy to think about the kinds of problems these mothers face as a result of incarceration that are gender-based. Not only are they suffering, but their families and children who depend on them are suffering too. So much so that infant mortality and mass incarceration of Black women are affecting the Black community heavily, according to a study done by the American Progress Research. The thing they discuss that is connecting these issues is centered around structural racism, that of which is defined as a system of public policies, institutional practices, cultural representations, and other norms that, that work in reinforcing ways to perpetuate racial inequality. This structural racism is exposing Black women to stressors that affect not only them, but their family, and especially children as well when it comes to health. According to this study, children born to Black mothers are dying at double the rate of children born to white mothers. It's hard to determine that socioeconomical status is the reason behind these statistics, but what is known is that these stressors that Black women are facing every day white women do not have to face, and that's playing a major role. The cumulative stress of structural racism that goes back for many years is what's driving the increase of infant mortality in correlation to race. The United States criminal justice system is a perfect example of this. The United States, having the highest incarceration rate in the world, has a big problem pertaining to the burden and contact that has been put on the communities of color, especially African-Americans. As we've discussed before, gender and race in terms of imprisonment put the black community at a disadvantage. African-American adults are actually five times more likely to be imprisoned than that of white Americans. Savannah, it's obvious that when it comes to stress that infants of black mothers are suffering. How would you say that these stressors are affecting the black mothers themselves? That's a great question, Zoe. I found an article by the Center for American Progress called Incarceration, Stress, and Black Infant Mortality. The article talks about the long-term health effects on Black mothers just from having to deal with the stress and fear of being placed into the criminal justice system. Structural racism places Black women in direct contact with stressors that negatively affect both their health and their children's health as well. These stressors of structural racism and mass incarceration are not only affecting Black mothers mentally, but physically as well. Today, infants born to Black mothers die at twice the rate that infants born to white mothers do, and studies suggest that cumulative stress from generations of structural racism is what is causing such high infant mortality rates. Also, the stresses of mass incarceration affect Black women's physiological health. Black adults are five times more likely to be incarcerated than white adults, as Zoe said, and they are twice as likely to have someone in their family to be incarcerated when they are in their childhood. The long-term physiological effects of mass incarceration can lead to many different health problems, including mental health disorders, diabetes, asthma, hypertension, HIV, and hepatitis C. This increased health risks due to the stress of having to worry about whether they or someone in their family will be incarcerated continues the cycle of cumulative generational stress on Black mothers, which ultimately keeps the horrific cycle of infant mortality in the Black community going. 
now that we've covered the statistics that go into the incarceration of women, we're going to shift towards post-incarceration. In the long term, incarceration isn't just a problem that ends once it's over. It has effects on these women that follow them well after they're released. The experience of women getting out of prison is very different than that of the experience of men. The re-entry process is very complex. Mental health is affected a lot and leads to a range of health issues, including general health disorders, diabetes, asthma, etc. According to a study done by American Progress Research, when incarcerated, an individual can face increased risk of sexual violence and infectious illnesses, loss of connection with support systems that will hinder their living situation when they get out, dealing with trauma from the actual prison experience, depending on the institution, of course, and many other factors. Moreover, the financial part of being incarcerated and struggling to bring in an income can cause many problems as well. These experiences put affected individuals at a heightened risk of post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, and depression. Zoe, that is totally a valid point. These women are having to face such difficult situations. Now, I'd like to close us out today with something a little more lighthearted and positive. The hashtag Free Black Mamas began trending last May. The SC Justice Group was one of the many across the country that began to mobilize under the National Bailouts Free Black Mamas initiative. According to the NBC article I found, this campaign continues to raise year after year cash bail for black mothers so that they can be released before Mother's Day. The project director of the National Bailouts has claimed her priorities for the campaign to continue to bail out mothers, build community with the moms, and provide leadership and solutions on how to end the cash bail system. Since 2017, this campaign has raised more than $1 million and bailed out more than 300 black mothers. Pretty neat, right? Well, that about sums it up for us. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Um, we'll have a work cited down below. Um, have a great day.